Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Come meet me at the Museo. With Alan and Daniel, we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Everyone come gather around, listen to your favorite sound. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Welcome into a special Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Dana Shopdall, C70 Bat at C70 on Twitter. With me, joining me now is Brian Murphy. Uh, he does the podcast Giants Croncast. You find it on giantscroncast.com, which I probably am saying wrong, aren't I, Brian? It's just at Giants Croncast on Twitter. If we had a giantscroncast.com, that'd be cool, but yeah. I have way too much work to do. Can't maintain another website. But yeah. Uh, yes, that's just what I meant. And thank you for fixing it because I am, it's, it's, it's been okay. one of those days I've had, I'm on like about four hours of sleep. So anything that doesn't work here, just, just ignore it and go on. Um, <laughs> we're kind of trying out a little bit of something special here this time. The Brian, like I said, Brian does the Giants podcast, the Cardinals and Giants start tomorrow. We're recording this Sunday afternoon, right after the Giants have finished uh, beating up on the Cubs, uh, so which is a wonderful thing, and we could talk about it in a minute. But um, Brian, as we come into this series, what is the state of the Giants right now? How how are you feeling about this team? 
I feel good about the team, but not like because I think they're an incredibly great team. I think they're in the middle of executing a long term plan. I think a lot of Giants fans are realizing that they're still kind of rebuilding 2021 was not i mean if people want to call it a fluke who aren't giants fans i think that's fair to say but it was the culmination of a collision of their talented legacy players and a, a new approach to how to the team could play baseball and barnes id i say this usually tongue-in-cheek when things are going badly that he's the smartest baseball mind in the history of professional sports. But it's, it's enough to say, like, he's a he's a smart guy. He's got a system. The system is uh, shows that it can work. Last year's team was a 500, boring, nothing burger of a team. But I think they only got to that many wins because of the, the player, the model that they have. What hasn't been working is the farm system and their ability to develop talent and build a talent pipeline, which is the linchpin of the entire plan of rebuilding the franchise yeah, post championship era. So I would say what what's happening though this year is that we're starting to see some positive signs, some signs of life at all from the farm system. And now in this past week or so, it's kind of gotten even more exciting than it's ever been. That I can any at any time remember, usually with the Giants, like one or two players you you got your eye on. And right now there seems like, oh, there's a lot of players with buzz. So they're in the middle of coming out of a. If this makes sense, they're in the middle of coming out of a rebuild. So I feel pretty okay with how they are right now. And and that's good because um, <laughs> you can, when when you look at the Cardinals right now, you start to wonder if they're on the way into one. And uh, I, I don't know that I want to get depressed about that. But, um, <laughs> but so what are the what are those names that you know are are they. Are those names like on the roster now or are they just making that stuff so they're, they're kind of looking at the roster later this year, earlier next year? So I, I'm glad you asked because it's it's kind of both. But actually, I would say this past week, the thing I'm referencing is all the minor league talent. You got Louis Matos, who's hit five home runs in his last five plate appearances. He had a multi-homer game on Sunday. Mm. Uh, you got Will Wilson, who had four home runs in the last four plate appearances. Will Wilson's interesting. Middle in- infield guy, the Giants traded uh for him the year after the angels drafted him he was their first round draft pick and all the giants did was buy him they took on zach cozart's contract Mm -hmm. and uh ahead of the strike year and a funny story that he got cut before the the covid killed everything and so he was he was immune from everyone getting their their salaries cut so he wound up being like one of the highest paid players in 2020 the cut zach cozart whom the Giants got in addition to Will Wilson. Anyway, then you've got Marco Luciano, who for a very long time has been like, this is the guy. And he's suffered a lot of injuries uh, in the last few years, slowed his development. It's a back injury. So for me, I'm like, well, that doesn't seem good for a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old to have back problems already. But he's starting to play. He's been healthy. He's having multi-home run games. He's exciting. Then the pitching side, Kyle Harrison, their top pitching prospect. They've been limiting his innings in part because they want to be able to use him later in the season to, to one of your parts of the question. And he's also needed to get his uh, con- command and control under, under control. He's been walking a lot of guys that's starting to come into focus. He's, he's limiting the base runners and striking out guys more, but then you've got Kai Wang 10, who they Tang, who they traded for a few years ago uh, when far anxiety first took over the team. He's starting to bear fruit as a solid minor league option in this guy, Keaton Wynn. 
I'm just saying this is an exciting thing for the Giants fans. I want to be very clear about this. We haven't had this many players to even consider as coming in to help and plug in uh, in a long time. On the Major League side, Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey have both already been up for a length of time. For a while there, Casey Schmidt, who plays third base shortstop, was the offense. He was so exciting, and he was really helping the team. He's been in a huge slump right now. He's actually hitting worse than Brandon Crawford since May 1st. You know, in the last few weeks, the league has sort of figured him out. Um, but he's he was an exciting player for them. But again, in that same vein of Matos and Luciano and Will Wilson, like he rose through the ranks very quickly this season and they brought him up and he's helped them out a little bit. We'll see if he sticks. Should be an interesting series for him. Patrick Bailey. We want to talk about heir parents to Buster Posey, whatever. I'm not saying he quite is. But he's hit the ground running better than who was the penciled in heir apparent, Joey Bart, who they recently optioned back down to AAA because dude is just not hitting. Bailey has come up. He's hit well, and he's he's an amazing defender. Certainly a big improvement even over Joey Bart, who was already a solid defender. But uh, those two names in particular are on the Major League roster than all the ones I mentioned in the minors. So let's go to the other end of that because you did you mentioned a name that is is kind of interesting to or a name that Cardinal fans know because it's always been a problem. Um, and <laughs> that is Brandon, uh, Brandon Crawford. Um, you know, Cardinals have done this legacy player plays out the string um, with varying success over the last couple of years. Um, what's that like for y'all? I know he's struggling, but what's it like, you know, for, for a guy that has had such a history with the giants, you know, is, is there a little bit of tension of, of dealing with that? I don't think so. It, it was a lot of fun to see him pitch uh, to close out the blowout yesterday. Uh, closing out against the Cardinals, he was, he was throwing harder than Kyle Hendricks. He was, I think he averaged 89.7 miles per hour with his fastball. I, he got some swinging misses. It was great. It was a lot of fun to see him. Yeah, I mean, it's never fun to see a legacy player play out the string. Uh, he's 36 years old. He's a shortstop. I don't know how familiar you are with his history, but he's been a lifelong Giants fan. He grew mm-hmm. up a Giants fan. Uh, so th- for him, I can't imagine what this is all like this whole life, you know, so associated with the Giants, you know, a millionaire because he's played with the Giants, been an all-star gold glove as a zero era, zero ERA right now, which is pretty cool. I think in the case of Crawford, it is actually uh, easier it's not quite as as sad as some of the other ones because like the Cardinals, the Giants have both seen players who've been with them kind of play out the string and it's been sad, but they also, because the Giants haven't had like the Cardinals have had where they've been able to occasionally find young players from their minor leagues to come (laughs) in and fill in the Giants entire in my lifetime. It's been largely born of a couple of times where they had some good prospects like in the late eighties, and then with the Buster Posey era, and that's it. The rest of the time, it's been like finding veterans to surround Barry Bonds with. So Giants fans are used to seeing players, you know, evaporate in front of them, you know, turn to ash in front of them. You know, Edgar Renteria finished. It's it's like, there's just like, there's, there's plenty of players who have come through the Giants clubhouse who have ended their careers with them. I think in a way with Brandon Crawford, they've got Casey Schmidt. They've kind of, brought him in to kind of spell it. And he's actually one of the few times that they've had a dynamic player be his backup. Now Crawford sort of his backup in being platooned. Um, I, th- I think there's a part of me personally, that's still expecting him to flash 
one last good couple of weeks with the glove. That's been the sadder part of all this is like defensively. He hasn't quite been on his, he hasn't been on his game this year, not even like adequately in a lot of places. Um, And last year we thought he was done, but he came back from the IL in September and for just like a a week and a half, a couple of weeks, it's like, ah, he still got it. And it was like, can we see that one more time this year? I think that's what we're all, all hoping for. Yeah. Uh, I will say if he's pitching like Kyle Hendricks, that I hope he doesn't take the mound this one because Kyle <laughs> Hendricks always shuts the Cardinals down. So I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that at all. Uh, speaking of, let's talk a little bit about the, the pitching matchups uh, this week. Uh, we start out with uh, Webb and Levator in the first game. And then you've got um, Cobb and Flaherty. And then you've got Discalfani and Montgomery. When you look at those matchups, does does anything stand out to you either on either side? Well, it's the Giants are throwing their best at what I assume is the Cardinals' best or close to it. Uh, but if if they have a best, maybe <laughs> yes, I don't know. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, Webb has had a an um, not an interesting season. I think he just kind of got out of the gate, maybe a little bit soft with all the expectations of him being the ace and it's just that happens with pitchers sometimes his start in Colorado uh five and a third and I think he gave up four runs it wasn't spectacular but he kind of buckled down and settled in uh he's pitching very well for a time Alex Cobb was better than Logan Webb for a time Alex Cobb was kind of in my mind the most underrated starting pitcher in baseball like he's one of the best pitchers I think the last couple weeks few weeks maybe even have dispelled that notion and then Di Sclafani the thing I keep checking on to make sure that this is still true is StatCast absolutely loves his slider it's like one of the best pitches in baseball in terms of run value it's been very effective he dropped a piano bench on his toe and uh, it like ripped the nail off and so since that injury he's had maybe trouble driving his foot he hasn't quite been the same pitcher who came out of the gates looking great and this is after a lost season he had a weird medical situation where i'm going to call him a mutant just as a joke (laughs) but he didn't have this notch in his ankle that everyone else does so they had to drill a hole in his ankle to get the muscle to thread through or whatever it was but he came out he's hit the gates he hit the ground running this year and he looked good until the piano bench thing and now he's struggled a little bit but all three of these pitchers represent what the Giants emphasize, what they actually really want, which is ground ball guys and guys who are good at getting at missing bats occasionally. That's not been that's not their primary driver. So if you look at Logan Webb, his strikeouts per nine, I think, are actually up this year versus his history. Alex Cobb's throwing 95 and Scalfani's pitching as hard as he was in 2021 when he was an amazing three win pitcher for the Giants. They, so they represent sort of like the pinnacle of what the Giants are looking for, for guys who aren't, you know, Carlos Rodon, Jacob deGrom in his prime. You know what I mean? Like the absolute freaks. Right. The Giants have basically said this model of pitcher we think is the most effective kind of pitcher you can have outside of the the truly amazing pitchers. Um, yeah. So that's they reflect the best the Giants have starting wise. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know that um, Di Scalfani should be, you know, waiting for his X Men uh, invitation. No, no, yeah, that would be the worst X Men thing. <laughs> no holes, no yeah. holes to Di Scalfani. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it sounds like the, that they're approaching things a little bit like the Cardinals have. Not only this year, but numerous years. You know that the idea you don't have to strike people out; you get the ground balls and you use the defense. Um, the Cardinals' defense has just been a little bit more porous than it has been in the past. Um, yeah. Talk assuming... me through that. Talk me through that. What's going well, on with their defense. That's what's letting them down. It, it is. And, and some of it is injuries. You know, you, you've got this outfield situation that is uh, totally unlike what you expected to start the season with, you know, I've got a guy like Tyler O'Neill, who's a gold glover that's been on the injured list most of the year. You've had Dylan Carlson, who's in that range on the injured list for some of the year. And then you've got some guys that, you know, over the last couple of years, they've sacrificed defense for offense. You've got Nolan Gorman, who can play a lot of DH, but can play second base but and is better than he was, but still not necessarily, you know, Tommy Edmund or, or Brendan Donovan level of, mm-hmm. of love. You've got Jordan Walker, who's still learning the outfield and um, is back in the majors learning it at, at that level. Um, and then, you you know, obviously you take a step back with um, – Molina not behind the plate this year. Uh, now there's a few things like we've seen some weird plays out of Nolan Arenado, which is just then you just throw up your hands and you say I don't know what's going on there, except for the whole <laughs> apparently we've cursed them at some point in time and we didn't know it type of thing. But I think a lot of it is just you know somewhat people out of position and somewhat just trying to you know see if they can find a balance because in the past they've been a really 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 good defensive team that can't hit a lick and. Now they're trying to to find that balance in the middle. Well, the Giants are kind of in the same boat. Their offense is sort of very top heavy, but don't worry. Nolan Arenado is going to be fine. He's going to see the Giants uniform and it's all going to snap back into focus. Uh, dude kills the Giants. And obviously Paul Goldschmidt, I'm just furious that he's still as good as he is at 35 years old. And, and it just upsets me to no end. I really genuinely hate both of them. Uh, at least in the case of Nolan Arenado, I'm like, I appreciate it's like, man, he got us again. What an amazing glove. What an amazing arm. He also kills the Dodgers. I think I'm like, so there's, there are at least reasons to like Nolan Arenado, but for, you know, there's a long time where it's like Paul Goldschmidt doesn't have a career. If he doesn't face the San Francisco Giants, (laughs) (laughs) I just can't take it. I can't take it. Uh, but that's the Giants defense has been uh, a plus for them this year, which it was not last year at all. And w- certainly helped them fall down to where they were. Um, and but their offense uh, since May 1st, we, we just recorded our own podcast looking at this where they're they're a 98 weighted runs created plus in, in baseball. But they're top five in wins above replacement for pitching, just starting and relief. And you would think that that would, you know, that that separation that's bad because you would think with as good as their pitching has been, if their offense was a little bit better, they could have won some more games. Uh, instead, they almost get no hit in Colorado. They almost get no hit by the Cubs in the same week. And so you got stuff like that going on. 
And so I do, I do have a lot of concerns as they go into St. Louis. It feels like one of those trap series. It's like, well, the pitching and the defense of the Cardinals mm-hmm. should help the Giants, but the Giants bats are not exactly, um, with some exceptions, obviously, uh, firing on all cylinders. And I will say the Cardinal pitching has gotten better. Um, I noticed. Yes, they over, they have stabilized. The yeah, yeah. Um, now, as soon as we thought that or that, then you know, Miles Michaelis goes out yesterday and gives up you know, like five or six runs in the first two or three innings, and you know he had been you know, kind of back to normal and you, you, you throw those things. And that seems to be a little bit of what the Cardinals have had this year as well. It's like about the time you start to think that maybe they're turning a corner, somebody goes out and blows a tire that you didn't necessarily expect. Um, you know, if Adam Wainwright at, at 41 years old gets lit up, you, you're not too surprised. Um, although he hasn't really had that too much of an issue on that this year. Um, but when a guy like Miles Michaelis goes out and, and scuffles, especially at the, after having a, won a couple of games and start to put a, a winning streak together, it's like you start wondering, is there anything you can do for this team? Or is it just one of those years where Murphy's Law rules and you, you just can't do it? Well, for Giants fans, at least, the joke is always like, oh, everyone's worrying about the Cardinals all all spring and then halfway through the summer or late in the summer, they turn it around and then somehow the Cardinals are in the NLCS and they lose four games to two. And that's every Cardinal season. It feels like, but like Jack Flaherty, I remember the whole thing of like his velocity, his velocity. And he's like, I'll throw it as hard as I want. And I notice in his past five starts, 30 innings pitch, 150 ERA, 257 FIP. So he's fine. Jack Flaherty is back and he's fine. Is that what I'm seeing here? I mean, it, it would seem to be, He's, but then again, you know, it, it as you may know, Jack Flaherty embraces this idea of the Joker. Um, he's very, very fond of the Batman. <laughs> which, fan. which and part that that his uh, his his flower on his lapels squirts acid, or, or I, I think what? more the chaos. I think is what he gets okay. at. But yeah, you follow Jack Flaherty on Twitter, you'll see a lot of, of Joker things. But I think it is for us, at least for us fans, it feels like it's chaos. And again, you know, about the time you think that, yeah, okay, we could count on Jack Flaherty, then it then it blows up. Now I do think that he has been much better. It's also been <laughs> ever since that interaction with Derek Gould, it seems to have been throwing harder as well. So um, maybe he realized that was a good idea. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, you look at these pitching rota- this pitching matchup and I can make a case that yes, the Cardinals can at least be in the game or have good pitching out of outings from all three of those guys. But you know, I can also make a case that they, that they won't. I mean, Jordan Montgomery had a good outing last time and he's probably been the best pitcher. Maybe Michaelis has, has passed him by now. If you're talking about from the beginning of the year to the end, they just wouldn't score for him. He lost, you know, he had 10 games in a row where he wouldn't get a, a didn't get a win. And a lot of that, a couple of them were bad outings. A lot of it was, you know, he'd throw six or seven scoreless and, and still not get the win because they wouldn't score for him. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a season for Cardinal fans that we just haven't ever seen, and we really are still having trouble processing what's going on and how much we should buy into that second half resurrection like we've seen in the past. Well, one thing I noticed is that, or I forgot that they hadn't faced Montgomery in the first series. For some reason, I thought that he was one of the guys they faced, and I think I just swapped in Matt's instead. But I mean, it's it is absolutely true that I think it's fair to say that both teams are not 180 degrees from where they were in earlier in the year, but they're certainly their weaknesses have improved. 
Uh, and I, I would say in, in the terms of the Giants, the Giants were kind of a mess when the Cardinals rolled into town. But uh, I would say that whatever the Giants' strengths are, it starts with the pitching and then whatever they can get from offense. Like if I'm when I write this series preview and I'm like, what, how do I I don't write what I think the team's going to do. Like I don't make a prediction. Mm-hmm. I just look at it and I go, you know, the, the Cardinals rotation seems to have stabilized. Can they either hang in the game long enough to get to the bullpen because it seems like the Cardinals bullpen might be a soft spot uh, or can the Giants pitching just keep what is a tough lineup that is a tough lineup that the Cardinals have regardless of the defense and all that stuff that just seems like you know, between the lefties and the righties and the type of pitches that they're able to get to the coverage the plate coverage you know the way they attack the power it's a dynamic lineup it still seems like to me and I think that it's a good enough lineup that can face any type of pitching. And I do wonder in a three game series where effectively the, the Cardinals will be facing the same type of starting pitcher three times, if that helps or hurts the giants. So I would come into this being like, because it's on the road, I don't know. Giants could just easily get swept as they could win one or two games in the series. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I know that I always hate to see the Cardinals go to San Francisco um, because it seems like that is just a mess waiting to happen, no matter how good the teams are or are not. Um, but coming into St. Louis, I you know I feel a little bit better about that, and I do feel like the the team is better than it was when the the two teams matched up in April. But um, you know, that being said, I would have felt a lot better about it mid May um, until they had this like little swoon here at the beginning of June. So um, you talked about the Cardinal bullpen, which is. I mean, if you get if if Gallegos and Helsley are on their game, which they often are, you know, the end of the game is okay. Jordan Hicks had a real nice run the last couple of outings. He's he's struggled a bit. Fate, you know, uh, I think it was it was today, yesterday or today. I guess it was today's game that uh, he walked the walked a guy uh, leading off an inning, came around to score. Uh, that was the that was the difference in the ball game. Um, and the rest of it is kind of middle. Stephen Matz has moved out there. Well, you know, but he's like that long relief guy. What is the giants bullpen like right now? So Camilo Duvall is pro is almost certainly going to be their all-star representative. And he's, uh, he's an interesting cat because sometimes he's ignores the pitch clock and he doesn't care if he gets a ball. (laughs) He's not, he's been the, the longest holdout that the giants have had in terms of adjusting the pitch clock. But The performance is there. He's been great. He actually wasn't exactly their best reliever in the past month. It's been Tyler Rogers, surprisingly, uh, with his funky delivery. That's been uh, that's really helped him avoid getting squared up. So batters haven't been they might be able to make contact, but it's not great contact. They have a really solid group. Uh, I think if they fall down, it will be a credit to the Cardinals hitters. Uh, because even their weak spots are generally speaking, they've done a lot of work to improve upon them. I've named the top two, but then you've got Taylor Rogers who after a really terrible first month, that's Tyler Rogers twin brother. Yes, that that's real. That's in there. It's cool. Uh, but he had a cutter going and the, he threw away the cutter as lo- along with his glove. He burned it, you oh. know, and he's been a lot better since Scott Alexander from the, so he and Scott Alexander both had, they both pitched 9.1 innings in 
May and they both had like the same ERA and FIP split. It was like 0.96 ERA and a 318 FIP, which is a weird coincidence. They they do it differently, both of them, but uh, they, they've been solid. So I've already named four really good arms they have in the bullpen. John Brebbia has been their opener, former Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, his transition over into the Giants has been interesting to see. I noticed with the Cardinals, they're they're much more traditionally like use your fastball to set up your slider. And uh, and and with the Giants, it's just like, dude, throw your slider. Just throw <laughs> your slider. It's your better pitch. And, and he's been using a lot more. He for a, uh, through like the from like the middle of April through the middle of May was like one of the top 10 relievers in baseball. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. This was mm-hmm. Statcast loved him. He was like 90th percentile. And now the Giants have had to use him a little bit more as their opener. And that's uh, mi- that's minimized his effectiveness a little bit. He's kind of settled back down a little bit, but he's been a nice guy. I wonder if he's going to even pitch in the Cardinal series. He opened in, be- in Saturday and Sundays against Sunday against the Cardinals. So I'm not sure if he'll he might appear in Wednesday. I'm not sure. But in in lieu of John Brebbia, the Giants have both Luke Jackson from the Braves uh, that they signed, who's just recovered from Tommy John. He rehabbed with the Giants and now he's back in pitching. And they have Ryan Walker, this 27 year old rookie who's a sinker slider guy. The Giants really love 95 mile an hour plus sinker guys with sliders with 2,500 RPM spin. That seems to be like the the model, the paradigm mm-hmm. for their relief core. Uh, Luke Jackson is kind of like John Brebbia 2.0. But I've just named like, what, seven guys? Uh, yeah. Like you can go seven deep. And right now through like literally five weeks of pitching, you're like, that is a solid group. If you're a Giants fan, it's like if they have a bad night, they have a bad night, whatever. But for now, that's a, it's not um, a point of worry. And it's a bullpen, so at some point it will be, right? So. Right, right. I mean, that's that is the nature of the beast. But if you can, <laughs> yeah. you can enjoy it for a while, while it lasts, I guess that's good. exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Before we wrap this up, I'm going to give you one chance to twist the knife. What is your personal favorite Cardinals Giants memory? Oh come on! <laughs> uh, it's Travis Ishikawa. <laughs> yeah. One okay. uh, A though is is uh, Michael Morris hitting the home, go home, head home run too, only because it's very hard. Oracle Park has had a lot of rip roaring moments, and that was definitely almost as loud as the Grand Slam. But what's well? What's the opposite? Tell me yours. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, you probably go back to the. And I don't know that there's one moment of, um, but the 87, you know, NLCS there, um, because yeah, any of those, boy, I don't, I just can't think of anything in the most recent, you know, since the 2000, it seems like every time that the Cardinals and Giants match up, I have terrible memories of that. Uh, between that and Lance Lynn throwing it at second base, I mean, like literally, um, <laughs> you know, uh, there's just horror stories to be had, I think, so. Can um, I tell you one more? Because I just thought sure. of it. Keep going. We, well, the Giants fans just lost Roger Craig. I mean, 93 mm-hmm. years yeah. old. He lived a long, good life. But he, I wrote that he was sort of the, he was the, the face of the Giants that I grew up with. That was my first yeah. Giants manager. And personally, I love Dusty Baker. He's the one that like, as I became like a teenager, like that's the Giants team. I strongly remember, but I remember Roger Craig. But one of the, my first Giants memories, period, is a Giants win in St. Louis, 21 to 2. 
And I can't remember. Ooh. I was just trying to look if it was 87 or 89. And I just remember that game very clearly. So there is a fondness there. I, I'm just saying that one uh, that I remember very clearly. That was my that's my other one. So it's my third. And, and even if you're I'm looking sorry. at small, no, it's fine. It's even small <laughs> moments. I mean, like I remember back from that time period, there was that fairly memorable highlight of Kevin Mitchell overrunning a foul ball, which are not a foul. It was fair. I think at the time going for the foul line uh, that actually Ozzie Smith had hit and overruns it, you know, reaches up barehanded and, and catches it and things like that. And it's like, yeah, it was always something. Will Clark destroying the Cardinals, um, you know, maybe the highlight of that is the fact that he came back around in 2000 and actually did something for them. But uh, oh, yeah, and that, and then, and that's when I became a briefly a Cardinals fan because Will Clark was my favorite player growing up, yeah. and to see him come back to life for the Cardinals was really exciting. Um, and also growing up in the Bay Area, Tony Larusa, mm. uh, he was a beloved figure. So it's like I never fully came over to like despising the Cardinals. I mean, I'm. You know, there, but I I do like the Giants Cardinals rivalry. I think it's a good one. It is. It's pretty. It was you know a, a couple of teams that were both good, and you know except for uh, um, Jeffrey Leonard never got too violent. So uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well that, that that Will Clark slide into Ozzy. <laughs> yep, that was that exactly. one too. Yep. So I guess maybe that, was that one maybe yep. has had some moments, but um, but yeah, I think that's that's great. <laughs> Uh, Brian, thanks for joining me. Um, I, I think it gives us a lot to look forward to over the next three days, and hopefully we see a good series. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it. Good luck. Broken bat roller toward shortstop. The shuffle and Clark taking the runner out. Look out. Here we go. Look out. And here come both dugouts. We're going to have a good one here, and Brentley is going to go after Ozzy. These two do not care for each other anyway. Clark doing his job. Yeah, Kendall doesn't like it. I didn't like it either. Okay, and now look at it right here. Kick. And look, see a Kendall hitting Clark in the helmet. 